Well, boys and girls, ladies and gents, we are back for another episode on the Full Sneak Hunting Podcast. As always, Blake is across the table joining, as always. Hello. He, he's got himself a couple Johnnies cracked open there. Yeah. A couple you know, of brewskis. Got to keep the old palate moist. Got to. And we just felt like it was necessary to kind of fill you guys in on some things you should look out for when you get your bow out for the first time. In August? In August. So <laughs> that's so, that's a problem. Can that, we start with that? Yeah. Well, yeah, that is a problem. I have had it out once before, but it wasn't to shoot it. It was just to look at it. Have you shot it at all this year? I have shot it once. Well, you're pretty pretty spot on for one shot shooter. Only twenty five yards, so Yeah. Wasn't anything to, that's to how break far, to write home about. But. That's how far they should be anyways. That is. Like, how many spots you sit and you can see 25 yards? I mean, I guess your field edges, you can probably the field edges, launch yeah. one out there if you in, wanted. In the woods, I mean, anything more than 30 is is not a good shot because it's just too thick. Yeah, and you, then you start, there's twigs and small trees that you can't even see past 30 yards that you might end up hitting. Been there, did that. Been there, did that as well. <laughs> this <laughs> more than once not saying i'm not gonna shoot one at 30 35 40 yards but no i practice out to now that starting to shoot you know almost every day every other day is when i'll start picking it up i practice out to 45 that's wow. that's my comfort zone good for you that's where i like to be at if i could shoot 45 yards i don't take those i no. i think 30 34 yards is the longest shot i have on the deer with my bow wow killed confirmed killed shot which isn't crazy but it was a doe it might be like 17 yards for me for my furthest kill that's what i wish (laughs) my closest one ever was four and then four yards and then the farthest was 34 wow it's just been all over in between there i like them to walk right under the tree that's my thing yeah, well, if you're good enough to pick the tree they walk under, man, more power to you. I'll take a compliment when I get when I can get one. <laughs> well, let's kick this uh, let's kick this show off here. What are what are the top five things you think that uh, people need to be on the lookout for when they get their bow out for the first time? I'll go first. To me, string check. Got to look over your string. How frayed is it? Is yeah, it super you gotta have frayed. That, you got to have that little cheap little wax. Uh, Little push up wax thing, yes, spread on there. It's literally it's pennies on the dollar. Like it's yeah. so cheap. So definitely need to get one of them out. I usually do it once at the beginning of the year, um, and then I do it one more time when I put it back in my bow. So I guess annually I do it twice a year. Yeah, and I guess it depends on how frayed it is. I've I've been doing that for quite a few years, and it turns out it does get to a point where you do just need a new string, and the wax can't. Because that string stretches and will throw off your shot. Yeah, and all of your your guide cables, your bowstring, like Blake said, over time it's going to lose some of its kinetic energy or potential energy. Yeah. So and everything is banged around. Let's say three to three to five years or something. You should get a new string. Probably. That's that's kind of the rule of thumb. I, I think it's every three years. I every... used to think it was ten to fifteen, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. But then, yep. But then when I finally got a new string and realized that uh, it matters to have a new string on there after even three years, 
it made a big difference on how accurate I was, surprisingly. Yeah, I got a feeling there's a few listeners that are going to go out to their barn or garage or basement. They're going to open their bow case and they're going to be like, man, I need a new bowstring. Yep. Do it. It's worth it. You'll notice a difference when you're shooting. It's not too late. You no. got You got six weeks. What do you got? So yeah, wax wax your string. Look your string over. Yep. Look into it. Make sure it's good because you don't want to be firing a frayed string because when that pops, I've heard horror stories, it's not good. Oh, no. It's not good. Not good for your bow, not good for you. No. So That's terrible. Number two, what do you got? You got one? Is this just your whole bow setup? No, I, this, I would, just, just things to look over when you're I grabbing would, your bow, anything. When you're grabbing any- your bow, I, the next thing I would look at is your arrows. <laughs> yeah how many fletchings does every arrow yeah have? how many different types of arrows do you are, do you have in your bow case how many different name brands do you have like are they all the same length all different broadheads check or broadheads that's probably number three i'd probably put that on a top very top thing to check yeah because you uh you don't want to be the person that goes into the sporting goods store one week before the opener saying hey you got this kind of broadhead and they're like now nah, we're all out sorry yeah. You know, then then you're kind of screwed. Opener is on a Sunday this year, so you could technically do that on a Saturday. Yeah, side note, I'm a firm believer in once you, you know, let's say you've been shooting archery for a while. I'm sure there's people out there that will agree. You kind of get comfortable with a certain kind of broadhead. And once you do that and you're like, yeah, this I really like this broadhead, and you know you're going to be shooting it for at least another year or two, when you go to buy those, I always buy two packs because – you don't always get it back when you shoot a deer. True. So that way you have it as an extra. And if you don't end up using it, you can sell it, marketplace, give it to somebody else who needs broadheads. Then it's better to have it than not have it. Yeah. And if you're shooting any mechanical broadhead, you're definitely not getting it back after you shoot a deer. It's just... It just, it just messes is it not up. The same, yeah, <laughs> exactly. They're all bent. I have a lot of broadheads that I've saved that get all twisted up from hitting just a rib bone. I mean, the mm-hmm. deer—it kills the deer. It goes right through them, but on the way through, it uh, doesn't number to the blades. And yep, that, I love the uh, the fixed fixed blades. Preferably the all one unit makes it a lot easier for sharpening them and reusing yeah. them. So, um. Back on track. So, yeah, definitely check your arrows. Not only do they have fletchings, check your knocks. Oh, are yeah. they loose? Are they tight? Um, are they aligned properly with your fletchings? And also check your inserts. Not every place does a fantastic job at gluing in inserts for your field tips and your broadheads. Look it over. Check it out. Make sure they're good to go. I like that. It reminded me I need to get some new uh, lighted knocks. Me too. So big I, fan. I'm a big fan. The Exodus arrows are fairly new on the market, and last year when I bought them, I couldn't figure out what lighted knock size to get for them. Minor size X. So, yeah, I, I don't know what Those these might, are. I got to do some research I on I guess that. we could compare. I know minor size X. Because I did buy some, and they worked, but I ended up having to take some Teflon tape. And wrapping it around and jamming it in there. It kept it nice and snug, and I killed a deer with one of the arrows. All right. So it worked. I'll let that slide. But it didn't exactly uh, make me comfortable. No. (laughs) And you put those those lighted knocks on. You have to practice with those. 
Yes, you do. Side note. Side note. Yeah, while we're on arrows right now, I think that's very important. Go ahead and say why. Because they're different. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, they're... They might be heavier. Their chances are they weigh a little bit more than a regular knock. Guaranteed they weigh more than a lighted knock. So then you have some grams being added. Also, they pinch your string differently. Oh, good point. And so, believe it or not, the amount of pressure that's applied to your string... When it goes to release, when your string hits a stopper, the tighter that is, the more drag there is on the arrow. So yep. you're, it's going to change. It's going to change a little bit. It sounds like it, it's. It sounds crazy, but it it all plays into a factor of, you know, whether or not you're hitting the bullseye or hitting just outside of the bullseye. So it's it's something to look at. Right, and you're shooting. If you're shooting 15 yards, you're not going to notice anything of. If you change anything, you're not. <laughs> I mean, I used to. Only practice 15 yards, and you could change whatever you wanted. You could even put a 125-grain tip on compared to 100, and you're not going to notice at 15 yards. We're talking like... Correct. You're not going to notice We're talking 25-plus yards. yards, and you're going to start noticing difference in arrow flight. Mm-hmm. I agree. Last point for the arrows, and I think this is the most important thing, and I guarantee you that 60% of the people listening don't do this. Put your broadhead on your arrows that you put in your quiver. Put, you know, let's say you get a three broadhead pack. Put them on your arrow and target shoot with your broadheads. Absolutely. It does, and if you don't have the practice one, a lot of broadhead manufacturers make a target shooting broadhead. That's fine, but especially if you use fix, it's not a big deal to hit them on a stone to sharpen them up again. Practice with the broadhead you're going to shoot. I know Rage, they do send a practice tip. Not all not all Rage do. No? No. I know they used to. I haven't bought Rages in a long time, so I know I they used a, to. I got a pack on sale after last season. It was like $15 for this Rage hypodermic mm. uh, broadheads. It did not come with a practice tip. So you're kind of SOL when it comes to shooting. You can't. You can't practice. True. You can't shoot a rage. You can't shoot a rage at a target and it still be okay. Another well, now the mechanics we it's important to keep them separate because a lot of mechanics nowadays are when they're when they're not or they retract into a very low profile right. field tip flight like pattern. Right. So mechanical broadheads are different, but if you're a fixed blade shooter, one downside or perk, however you want to look at it is you can shoot those at a target because you can sharpen them yourself. Mm-hmm. Super easy. And it does change the flight pattern. My it well, okay. It it can. There was I'm I'm referring to the muzzy ones that I shot. Those drastically two years ago changed my flight pattern from field tip to broadhead. Yep. The Montag G five is what I shoot now. Those are a lot better. Right, it'll I, still change it a little bit. A little though. bit, but yeah. it's it's still consistent, and it I I do not worry about it. Right. So, shoot your broadhead with your arrow right. at a broadhead target or something that you can shoot a broadhead into. You can shoot it at a, that the old deer target I got out there, and, you, and that's what it ends up looking like after you shoot it with uh, <laughs> after you shoot it with like 150 broadheads. Just yeah, Blake brought over it. his target tonight, and we did some target <laughs> practicing. And let's just say his his buck is uh, his Glendella is literally held together by duct tape <laughs> and one antler. Oh, I couldn't get the other antler; it was in the truck. 
It still works, but it it's, did. It's it on works, its, didn't it's it? literally on its last leg. It's lucky it had two <laughs> legs. Yeah. I'll just say that. Yeah. No, I'll with my fixed blades, fixed blade broadheads, what I kind will do you shoot or are you shooting this year? Or do you need more? Or are you gonna get new? I'm not ones? sure. I'm not sure. I've got my old my old muzzies that I shot last year, which were great. But uh with when target shooting with those, I just use I pick one. I just take one brand new broadhead, stick on an arrow, shoot it, and I will go get it, pull it out, shoot it again with that same arrow, and just to save on broadheads. Yeah, you and don't the need to shoot it fifty thing, times. I take it out. Right, you just shoot it. Make sure that flying the same. Shoot it, you know, three I'll five s- times. I'll stick it on another arrow and make sure that. I mean, make sure it's all the same as long as. Whatever makes you feel good. Exactly. And that's what I need when I'm when I've got a deer under my tree and I'm losing my mind. I need to feel good <laughs> that I'm going to make a good shot and I'm like, okay. Like everything was everything was good. Everything's spot on. Now it's up to me to not mess this up. Yep. <laughs> that's exactly right. Those especially three blade, three blade fixed broadheads, they will affect your flight pattern more than you think. So it's important to put those on and shoot them and see where you're at, see what's going on. If you're getting a ton of kick, now this is the time to move into your fletchings. Are your fletchings straight? Are they bent? Do they have a hole in them because you're a beast and you're stacking arrows when you're target practicing? Like, Just look over your fletchings. Or is one of them half glued on? You know, All that stuff goes into effect when you're actually, that arrow's in flight. It's going to kick. It's You're going to get the tail end kicking out. You're gonna get a fletching to completely tear off if you're sh- if you're shooting into old targets. Yeah. And now you're really screwed because you're down to two. We need some new targets. We do need new. You targets. know, you were hating on my target there for a second, dude. I know that's a confession. We, we should talk about your target. So before uh, <laughs> before Blake, um, before he came over today, he texted me. He's like, "Hey, you want to shoot bows before we record?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, of course. Bring your target. Mine's mine's pretty shot." And you, you said something about mine aren't the greatest either, but I'll, I'll bring them. Oh yeah, I said we were gonna we we're gonna draw vitals on the on the rear end of the the deer target. Yeah, yep. since she was fresh, there's no there's no holes in the back end. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Blake gets here and I see his Glendale, and I'm like, dang, that thing's a that thing is a piece, dude. It's <laughs> it's pretty. It's beat up. It's in one piece, you mean? Yes, it is in one piece, barely. Um, but then uh, my target's not so good either. So I have a, it's a six-sided cube type target. Two sides are broadhead worthy, so you can shoot broadheads into them. It's a different material. And then the other four sides are just for field tips. Um, but I've had that for at least, I think, 10 years now. Are you sure it's not 20 years? <laughs> it's... The staples that hold the corner, like, reveals on are, like, literally rusted out. <laughs> it's so old. <laughs> so I did send an arrow through that tonight. Um, we had to cut it to get the arrow out. I think we can get through the season with just those two. Yeah. No. I've got another target. I've got another target <laughs> up north. So I just got to go up there and go get it. That's where mine is, brand new, oh. up there. Hers is up in uh, north of Cadillac. It doesn't there. do us any good. No. It's a brand new target too. I think it's got like thirty arrows shot into it. That's yeah, it. 
I bring it up there thinking it's like, oh, that's where you're going to go deer hunting. So that's a good spot to have the deer target. But no, you need it home when you're home yeah, all Monday week through long. Friday. <laughs> I'm the same way, dude. It's, it's up there. It's just sitting there waiting, I guess. At least it's inside protected, so it should be good to go. But Yeah, so arrows. Overall, look your arrows over. Check them. Make sure they're good. Not cracked, not bent. Inserts, fletchings, knocks broadheads also make sure you're shooting the right grain broadhead and the right grain field tip if you're shooting 125 field tips shoot 125 grain broadheads what do you shoot i shoot 125s hey me too i stepped it up last year i just stepped up to the old 125 i I didn't really see i like it i don't know i didn't really see a difference when shooting i mean it just sounds a little different so i have so i went from hundreds to I was shooting, I think, 350 grain arrows with 100 grain broadheads. Okay. And this year I'm doing 350 arrows with 125 grain broadheads and a 30 grain brass insert. Whoa. So it's not it's not like the extreme heavy, but I do notice a difference in target shooting since I've got that set up, and it, it does have that nice when it hits the target. Like it sounds like it hits it with a little more authority. Yeah. And I, and I like that. So... Um, the deer I shot with it last year, it was a complete pass through. So that's cool. Pastors are where it's at. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Mm-hmm. Moving on to number three. So we talked about strings. We went over arrows. Well, I guess maybe number three was the target. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked about arrows and broadheads. We did kind of talk about arrows and broadheads. We talked about a lot. I think we're already past five here. We probably are. <laughs> Um. Yeah. What else are you looking for when you open that that uh my ca- release that dusty hole <laughs> that dusty hole bow case? Yes, a release for sure. So release, and um, I would say safe. So what is this number three or number four? Did we say? It doesn't matter. I lost count. Look at your rest. Look at your rest in your sight. Oh yeah. Make sure everything is still tight. If you take your bow out of your case and realize that something is loose and jiggly, yeah, probably no, a good time to no tighten it, no. shoot it, see where you're at. Yep. I know I know two people I could name right now that pull their bow out for the first time, the first time they go hunt, and they shoot once or twice, and they're like, yep, I'm good, and they go. Now, I mean, more power to them. Couple, a couple years, maybe not a couple years, I'd say five years ago. My old bow I had, like, I take that out maybe three times a year before season, and I would. I'd shoot maybe two arrows at 30 yards and just, I mean, dingers. <laughs> I mean, dingers, <laughs> man. And I wouldn't have to, no concentration. You don't have to think about it. And I would just smoke. And, I mean, I shot deer. I mean, there was no problem. I never did crazy practicing, and then I decided I need to upgrade my bow, and that's when everything kind of fell apart. <laughs> well, when you uh, when you're shooting an old bow and you go to a new setup, yeah, it feels so good. A bow that and it just makes you want to shoot more. Yeah, a faster bow, faster bow. Yeah, and quieter. A lot of the old ones weren't very quiet. True. I don't know what your what was your old one because now you're my, shooting a bear. I was right? shooting. I was shooting a Hoyt. 
And now you're shooting a bear. A bear, yeah. Bear divergent, I think. It's a nice bow. It's quiet. Yeah, it's quiet enough, you know. I always, I I always aim a little low anyways, let them duck into it. Better low than high. <laughs> no. <laughs> Better low you than You never high. see them jumping. You never see them going up when you shoot. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a uh, pro tip. If you're target practicing and you're just a hair low, just keep it there. Yeah, inch low. Inch low is cool. Mm-hmm. If you're an inch low, that's cool. Leave that's it. wonderful because those deer more than once will duck that arrow and... It's not like a gun. A gun you want to be inch high at 100. Isn't that what they say? I don't know. I don't shoot 100 yards. <laughs> That's too far. Dude, I can't shoot 100 yards with the old buck fever that I that sets in with me. Not yeah. a chance. <laughs> I have Dude, to... I've been getting it bad. Last couple of years, my buck fever has been pretty bad. Uh, last year, I kept it together. But the year before that, man, whoo, that was rough. That was real rough. Yeah, you think like you you have to play those mental games. I I don't know about you, but I have to try and you have to try and get your mind off of the situation. When you see a buck coming in, you have to think about like a like a terrible thing in your life, <laughs> just to try and not freak out. It doesn't work <laughs> for me. Honestly, I, I last year I think what what helped me a lot is trying to instead of focusing so much on like all right, deer's coming in, got to wait, got to draw back instead of the lead focusing so much on the leading up to the shot part. Mm-hmm. Um I started focusing on where is that deer going to be when I'm going to shoot. Right. So trying to convince my mind of not worrying about so much about the deer coming in, going to be giving me a shot and worrying more about where am I going to, when am I going to draw? Where is it going to be? And what kind of shot am I looking at? Quarter two, quarter away, broadside, how far? And that thought process kind of seemed to soothe my mind a little bit, kind of keep my nerves down just, just a little bit, a little more than normal. It's still pretty bad, but it's it's a little more manageable now. And so doing that actually helped me a lot last year for the two deer that I shot last year. That that was a big help. It's just something for your mind to think about because yeah. when your buck fever is just raging through your body, all you're thinking about is, holy crap, that's a nice buck. Or this that's a huge doe coming right in. Yeah. And then you're you're stuck, like almost like in the in the gutter. And so teaching your mind to to focus more on the tactical side of it is a good is a good thought process to kind of help keep your keep your emotions in check and your your heart rate down a little bit that uh that buck that i missed last year uh i had him so figured out on my camera coming to that scrape every day that before it even started to get light because i knew the time he was coming to that thing before it even got light i was already shaking (laughs) Oh no, dude! Do you think it, that's? Do you think that's why you missed? It, no, while it actually helped, it helped because I mean, it helped with just because you know, I mean, it was just it was the perfect. It was the perfect morning. It was slightly foggy. I mean, the wind was perfect direction, and nine o'clock. I think it was nine o'clock came, and there he comes from exactly where he 
came from every other day. And then he took a hard right that he'd never done all the other days and stood, I mean, stood between me and the tree for a solid 30 seconds. And that's what was going through my mind. It's like, okay, well, okay, he's going to come right through here. He's going to be like five yards away from the tree. I'm going to have to draw back and shoot him. He's going to be quartering two. And that's and, a lot for your brain to right, go through. All, so your brain is really distracted right, from is, that deer. Right. This is where he's going to go. This is where he's going to go. And then he decided to walk to the tree. And that's when we had that little stare down. And when I looked, I I could just hear him crunching in the leaves. It's like, man, it sounds like he's right there now. And I looked around that tree and we had a little... Uh, little stare off me and me and that buck at at the base of my tree i wasn't even up that high i mean i was up probably 12 feet and that buck looked at me in the eyes the look that that deer gave me <laughs> was it like a, it was like oh, oh no. i got you oh no he, he, he I, I i swear you can tell he looked scared i mean he, he was scared. he was terrified his look when he when I peeked my head around there and I was looking at him at 12 feet away and he's looking straight up at me. Eyes popping out I, of his oh, head. popped out, yeah. So but, let me let me ask you a tough question. I want you to be honest. What what do you think? So I remember that scenario. I'm sure people listen remember that story. But what do you think? Where do you think in that scenario what, what kicked that buck, buck fever up a notch? And was there... What what do you think he could have done differently to try and pull so, that up? Do you think it was do you think it was human error or do you think it was just it, luck of the draw? No, it was it was all going good. The buck fever wasn't the, I had I had seen him coming and he was taking such a long time to get there that I had gone through the old shakes. Everybody knows what that is, and that had gone away at that point when he was ten yards away and trying to decide which way to go and that was gone at that point so i was good to go if so where'd it go wrong what like it, what it went wrong when he was at the base of my base of my tree and this buck that he wasn't a giant giant but like he was bigger than the one i ended up shooting a, a couple days later i mean he was a nice buck for public land and it was when he looked up at me and I could for really like really look at his antlers just staring at me. That's when I lost it. And that's when he took off. He ran, uh, did a little U-shaped circle up into this clear cut. And he was standing out in this clear cut at 40 yards. And that's where he stopped. It's so far, but he, not far enough. Not, he was <laughs> he was at 40 yards because uh after that little stare down, I drew back. He ran, stopped 40 yards, and stared at me. And that's when I shot. And he didn't flinch. He didn't even flinch. And the arrow went right underneath him. Under? I think it went. I don't it's, know. It's, because it's, I, it's hard to remember. It's hard. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was There was a lot going on. But it, under's better it, than it, over. It just missed him under or just missed him over. But it was more of a. I didn't have time to even take a range finder out at that point. So that was just a, man, that looks like it's 30 yards and I'm taking a shot. Yep. So it was a, 
it was a dicey situation, but I was definitely like, I mean, you're worked up. You're worked up at that point. Having a deer that close looking at you like that. And, and you had it all played out in your mind, like for days before that, like I had it like planned out, like from this tree, this is where he's coming. He's going to come, he's going to come right to that scrape. It's going to be a 15 yard shot broadside. It's going to be perfect. And then it just, I don't know why he, I mean, cause he's a, cause he's, they're smart bucks. That's why. I mean, he's, he's that size for a reason. That's true. I don't know if he figured me out, but he took a different trail that day. <laughs> and it worked out for him. But you think he's still alive? Oh, he's definitely still alive. I don't, I, uh, you got a camera in that I got area? Two cameras right there. Oh, nice. And they're in there 100%. But we got to go check those uh, Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. So you'll probably take a ride up. Yeah, that'd late, be great. Late, late morning. Yeah, it's time to check cameras pretty pump it is it's time for that uh this is so this is the first time two camera checks hopefully you've had cameras out for about a month a couple a month or two yeah so now is the time to check the spots and if you only have time for a couple do the questionable ones ones where you're not sure if their deer are in there or not yeah these are cameras that we are brand new spots we're trying to figure out if there's deer there exactly so or our, if there's deer we're worth chasing Yep, exactly. So our intent is to go up there, go to these what a half dozen cameras or so. I think we're gonna do. Yeah, we got we six. got three three at the one or four at the one. Yeah, we four got, at the one, and then the two other at the other two location. at the other one. Yep. So, so six to check. Six to check. Hopefully these six, you know, obviously or hopefully they have bucks. We got high hopes. I we do, do at least. We do. Um, but if they don't, chances are we're either going to a move locations or I don't know. I don't in that, oh, that, uh, spot over, over by you. Yes. Yeah. I think if there's nothing on this spot, I wouldn't mind pulling one or two of them and putting them over there. If there's no, if we don't have any deer, we might on well those up. four cameras. I am, <laughs> I will pull all those cameras and I, put them over uh by that swamp 100 percent. yeah all of them because just because it's so thick and then i know there's deer in there yeah i mean that's, that's a that's pain. pretty that's a especially this time of year with all the foliage yeah let's go that's a pain let's go baby what we'll do is we'll come in from from the <laughs> it's longer but it's a little more easier to travel we'll come in from the corner oh yeah we'll go over that later the but, old trail yep corner Gotcha. You uh, know, here's, I was thinking about this. When we start pulling these cameras and we start getting these uh, giants, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. People might start getting interested in where we're hunting. <laughs> Good luck. I <laughs> I actually uh, uh, pulled a camera this weekend and I got some better than average deer for the old northern Michigan public land. And I'm slightly worried that if I do end up, because this is a, let me tell you, this is a spot. This is a spot for sure. Like I've got four or five different shooter bucks in daylight, like five days in a row hitting scrapes right now. 
I had, in August. I had two people at work show me. Um, one of them was uh, he was a, a buck ramming a doe. What? He's got a trail cam picture. Yep. Right now? Full mount. The rut is on, boys. Get uh, out there. I'm not kidding you. He is in velvet. <laughs> he's he's a spike, maybe a four point, like a big spike or maybe a four point in velvet. I'll see if I can get him, if he'll let me have that photo. But I'm not kidding you. I, there, I mean, there's a trail cam date stamp on it, too. Wow. So they just showed me that today at work. And it is literally a buck in velvet. <laughs> Full mount on a on a big old honey doe. Dang. It was wild. And I have heard a couple other people and I also have one photo on a trail camera of a buck hitting a mic scrape as well in a licking branch. Yeah, so I posted that one picture uh of that buck standing on its back legs putting uh putting its head up into this branch above this scrape and it was reaching as high as it possibly could and i checked above it to see if he was like trying to eat the leaves but he was just marking yeah they're scent checking he was literally getting as high as he possibly could i mean the branch was is close to the ground but he was getting as high as he could and then the next day a bigger buck came in and you could see him posturing up against like this small tree like he wanted to like just tear it up but I mean, it's it's a little early for tearing up trees with velvet on. But you, the picture just shows him, just like ready to go. <laughs> it's like, oh boy, it's gonna be an early rut, boys. Early rut. That's what it seems like. But I always have to remind myself that it happens at the same there, time every there, year. If anyone's wondering, yeah, <laughs> there's no such thing. Well, they. Like this time of year, when you see them doing that kind of behavior, hitting licking branches and stuff, they're just they're scent checking. They're they're taking a tally. Yeah, of who's in a, the area? It's the, old, it's the old roll call. Exactly, that's all it is. Yep, it's just a roll call. So it's not necessarily associated with aggressive or rut behavior. It's it's just them trying to figure out who's there, who's in the area. And interesting with this uh, this particular spot, uh, it's all bucks. <laughs> There's no, there's no does. I have maybe. That's got to make you a little nervous though. I don't know. Because there's no does. There's four scrapes all right in a line. I, I made a, I made one of them, but they're hitting that now too. But there was three. So there's three. <laughs> there's three scrapes. Now there's four. They're using the fourth one now. But these are just, it's, it's crazy. And I've never seen, I don't know. You hear people saying they're hitting mock scrapes, but. I think I think this time of year, if if they're hitting a mock scrape, it's they're, they they're kind of getting fooled by us of like a roll call kind of right. thing. I don't think it's it's a essentially a reaction. I think it's more of roll call. That's just me. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I'm not either. I hope they stay. I hope they stick around. There's no like this is an egg. This is big. This is big woods. There's no ag in the area. They're, they're not... Uh, the old big timber. Yeah, the old big woods of Michigan. There's no... Which consists of oak trees and half-dead pine trees. Turns out there's no oak trees. Yeah, the uh, the acorn so far in the areas that I've been to, not great. Uh, there's a bunch of these other trees in the area. I forgot what it was beach. called. No, they're not beech trees either. Poplar? 
Nope. What do they look like? I don't know. I'm gonna have to. I I uh, <laughs> I I picked the leaf off of one. They're the whole the whole woods is full of them. You got a picture of it? Yeah. Let me see. Let me pull it up here a second. The uh, I have been reading up on my. Uh, I got a tree book. There ain't no way you're gonna know. I what got this a tree is. book. We pulled it up on the plant. I'm not saying I know we this. We pulled it up on the plant app. I don't know it. It uh, it looks like a variation of like an elm tree. Elm is that what it was? Now, M elm usually I there's a lot of different elms. Um, most of them have skinnier skinnier leaves with that kind of like uh, vein structure, and in in a jag very tiny jagged edge. I'm serious. That looks some like some variation of an maybe, elm tree. Maybe it was an elm. But I'm not. Don't quote me on that. That's just what it looks like. No, I tried to look from at what I know. I tried to look up uh, if it had fruit, like nuts or oh. berries, and it whatever it, whatever type of tree it is, it ended up saying that it does have it does end up having little nuts that the deer do like. <sighs> we'll never know. Post it. Post it on the uh, the Instagram. I'm sure it somebody out be, there knows. It might be an elm. There's literally like f- five or seven different elm trees. It says there's 10 elm species. Okay, so a lot. I wasn't yeah. that far off. Yeah, but there's no oaks in the area, so that's why I was kind of curious why, uh, what these deer might be moving to because I looked far and wide for some some oaks and I couldn't find any. Which Elms are very good for mushrooms. Well, let's go mushroom hunting. Especially if there are some that are a year into the dying phase. Oh, the there's some, life. these are some old elms. That's we need to go check that out for some mushroom. Interesting. Mm-hmm. For morels. Oh man, we might have just hit the jackpot if that's true. What's are they on a slope? It's flat. That's my other problem. Not with a this. deal breaker, but. Not ideal. This area is it's flat. I'm not used to hunting flat. There's not a not a hill in sight, and those deer cruising through there. Yeah, they're moving like they can cover a lot of ground. And there's no there's no way to there's nothing funneling them into anything, but they're cutting through it, and it's flat. We'll have to go over it. Maybe you can come up with a game plan. Yeah, um, flatland. Is what I have hunted. Good flatlander, huh? Yeah, we're south of the bridge. I like a hill. I like a slope. You know, the slopes always have. I that like trail. terrain difference, but it's not always there. That one trail that's a little bit on the top third. Moving corridors. That's yeah. for flatland. Find the most beat down path. There's a lot of them. That doesn't make it easy. Which also makes me worried if somebody starts hearing about this. <laughs> There's so much freaking land. Yeah, I'm so far. Out. I'm so far out of the middle of nowhere. <laughs> if somebody finds my truck, make sure you say hi. <laughs> I had one guy do that going down the highway the other day. Did you? Yeah, I feel like he deserves a shout out. This guy, he's he's been a trooper. Um, on the highway. Yeah. What's uh? Give me just a second. I'll find it here. Hamza. Hamza Suzuna. Yeah, shout out. 
Shout out to you, man. You you've been a you've been a very active follower and and you saw him on the highway. <laughs> yeah, he sent me a text one or a me- he messaged huh. me and he was like, "Hey, are you? I think I just saw you on the highway. I just gave you the bird." <laughs> no, he was a uh, he was he drives for some company. I oh, can't remember. Nice. Well, he's a nice guy. Yeah, cool. He's, he's a nice guy. So if you're listening out there, bud, yeah. shouts out to you and uh, check your bowstring. <laughs> yeah shoot some big bucks hopefully <laughs> i think we're running out of time there sir so yeah i'm all out of beer that's a problem um all in all look give your bow uh a good once over give everything the old jiggle test make sure everything's tight your string's good arrow fletchings broadhead knock look at all over your release believe it or not releases wear out yeah so they make some pretty sweet releases these days Try them all out. I, I can't. I've I've shot the uh, thumb release once for some reason. My brain likes the finger trigger, so I can't yeah. get can't get behind the thumbs myself. I've heard good things. Maybe Do whatever someday. suits you. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. We'll see. Um, best of luck to you guys out there, and hopefully your scouting is paying off. If you have got some trail cam photos, be sure to uh, send them over to us, and we can throw them up on uh, Instagram. Share them to the rest of the world. So we appreciate every one of you for listening. We hope you guys have a great rest of your summer. And stay tuned because we have a bunch of stuff coming up. Like like Blake said, we're going to go up. We're going to check some trail cameras Sunday. Hopefully we have a bunch of stuff to talk about there. And we'll fill you guys in next week. See you.